You guys gave us a lot of really positive rat poison. The rat poison that you usually give us is usually fatal. But the rat poison that you put out there this week was yummy. Um, and again, in terms of quarterback, you know, Stetson's our starting quarterback. So um, again, the JT situation will be a matter of, you know, is the situation right? And also, is he healthy enough? You know, as far as the Mayo bath, I hope I get to experience it, you know. Um, not that I'm dying to have mayonnaise dumped on me, but it means we won the football. If it means we won the football game, then, then I'm all for it. Uh, um, you know, I did find out that it wasn't just going to be like nat naturally happen on the field. It was going to be more like an organized dumping uh, at the end of the game, which makes you a little bit more uh, nervous about it just because of the anticipation that you know exactly what's coming and, and when it's coming as well. But it would be a good problem that I'd love to experience. Oh, welcome in to the latest episode of that SEC podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter. And I'm joined, as always, by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Balls on Twitter. What are you up to, you big quarantine Tennessee homer? <laughs> hey, buddy, what's going on? Oh, man, I can't believe it. We're finally here right around the new year. We got some college football playoff games to break down. And thank mm. goodness, hey, everybody's piled on the SEC, Shane. Don't forget, we got two playoff teams, brother, that uh, Come on. are here to save a day. We got Tennessee and Purdue. We got South Carolina versus North Carolina. So we got some picks to make heading into what should be uh, hey, oh, SEC's 0-4. We're about to go 4-0 here. You know what I mean? To save this thing. Absolutely. Don't you think? Absolutely. I'm telling you, we're going to win the national championship too, Mike. Nobody remembers what you did in December. You know, that's the old saying. <laughs> <laughs> it's who's holding the trophy in January, and it's going to be an SEC team. So, uh, no, I, I it, obviously we joked about it on the last podcast. It's been a rough start, but – but we got a lot of games coming down the pike here, and I think we're going to have better play moving forward. And if, and if these games aren't wake-up calls to these other programs, I mean, come on, Mike. You know what I'm saying? You can't yep. sit there and watch that Mississippi State game. You can't watch it and say, okay, these guys came 100% ready. You you saw it with Auburn. A lot of these teams are coming out, and they're just bam, bam, bam. Next thing you know, they're down the Ford, uh, field, and they, they got seven points in the scoreboard. So it's just – we can't have that NSCC. We can't, we can't have a slow start. So, uh, And I don't think we're going to. So, yeah, let's get into it, brother. Yeah, and before we make our picks, got it. Hey, got to mention the sponsor, Shane Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports over at prizepicks.com. Don't forget to use that promo code SEC, and they'll double your initial deposit up to 100 bucks. So you could be walking – into prizepicks.com with 200 bucks in your pocket, mm. Shane. And don't Come forget, on, don't forget, I'm on a heater, Shane. I don't think I got the wrong <laughs> prize picks in uh, the month of November. So we got some bowl games preview, Shane, and I got three that I feel are locks. I know you're going to love at least one or two of these. So you ready for my prize pick selections? Heck yeah, Peppo gave you 25 bucks, burning a hole in your pocket, <laughs> throw it down on a prize pick, Mike. <laughs> exactly. And how about this one, Shane? I know you're going to love it. Hendon Hooker, Tennessee quarterback. I like him to go over 231 and a half passing yards against them Purdue Boilermakers in the mm -hmm. Music City Bowl. I mean, my goodness, Shane Hooker came back for a reason, and he came back to throw this pigskin 
and set records here in the Music City Bowl. 231 and a half passing yards. Got to go over yes. on Hendon Hooker, don't you think? Absolutely, man. Over in the first half. Come on, baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now here's a stone-cold guaranteed lock, Shane. If they, I don't even know if they're going to let you do it. That's why I got two for this game. But uh, South Carolina running back Zerquandre White, he's already opted out, Shane. He's off to the NFL. So put you the under, 53-and-a-half rushing yards. <laughs> they're still letting you bet on that. So, hey, jump Come on, on that. now. <laughs> Zerquandre White under. If you get bet the over, you're going to guaranteed lose. So, hey, there's a guaranteed winner right there. And, you know, if they take that off the board by the time this uh, podcast goes live, I got another one that uh, is sure to go over here, Shane. If South Carolina is going to pull the upset, get this offense going, you know they got to get Josh Van the ball. He's their best receiver over three and a half receptions for Josh Van. You got to figure mm. the Gamecocks will be targeting him early and often, don't you think? Absolutely, Mike. I, I think it's going to be a showcase game. They're 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 auditioning for that transfer portal. You do that by getting your weapons involved. So yes, I like the over. <laughs> All right. So don't forget, head on over to PrizePicks.com and use that promo code SEC. All right, Chad. Hey, couple of quick items here before we get to our picks. Just want to make reference to this because uh, hey, the, the coaching carousel's done, but the assistant carousel is still spinning. And LSU here on Tuesday, Shane, announced the hiring of Matt House to be mm-hmm. Brian Kelly's defensive coordinator. And that should be a familiar name to SEC fans because you remember, wasn't that long ago, Shane? I mean, heck, they still got a they got an opportunity to win 10 games this year in Lexington, but they did it a couple of years ago by capping that thing off, by beating Penn State in yep. – I can't remember what bowl game, maybe the Outback Bowl, but it, I know it was a Florida New Year's Day bowl. The defensive coordinator was Matt House at the time, Shane, and he did mm-hmm. so well for Kentucky and Mark Stoops that he got promoted to go into the NFL. He's been with the Kansas City Chiefs the last two Super Bowls. Yeah. That's who LSU has just hired to be their defensive coordinator. Very well-respected name. This is someone, Shane, I don't know if you remember this or not, but uh, Josh Heupel tried to hire old Matt House to be yeah. his defensive coordinator. So, very, very well-respected name. And I just – let's throw up this tweet on the YouTube. I'll read it here. But, uh, Shane, who who are we going to trust better than uh, Tyron <laughs> Matthew, the honey badger, Shane? Who, he's with the Kansas City Chiefs, been with Matt House the last couple uh-huh. of years. Here's what he had to say about this hire. I'm excited for Coach House and all of Tiger Nation. This man loves football and teaching. One of the best I've ever been around. The Tiger defense will be well-coached from day one. Let's buy in forever. LSU. So, <laughs> hey, if the Honey Badger gives us the thumbs up, I got to do the same. I think LSU, I think they nailed this defensive coordinator hire. I think they did too, Mike. And I just like that they're going out, man. They're going out, getting names. You know, they could have went the safe route. You know, they, 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 they Coach O didn't work out. But, no, they said opened up the paybook. Or the, they opened up their wallet and said, yep. hey, let's, let's get some names down here. And LSU is all the way in. And that's what we want to see because – College football is better when LSU's up to the top. Yeah, without a doubt. And one other coordinator hire, Shane, this was not official yet, but uh, it was first reported by Matt Zinich of uh, On3 Sports. Does a terrific job. How about this one, Shane? A a familiar name. Ole Miss has hired offensive coordinator Charlie Weiss Jr. Mm. The junior, Shane. Not the senior, but the junior. Smaller version. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And he was uh, previously worked for uh, Lane Kiffin at uh, Florida Atlantic and Alabama. So, 
Kiffin, very familiar. He was working at uh, South Florida last season. Charlie Weiss Jr. was. So, hey, there mm-hmm. you go. You, you go from Jeff Levy to, to Charlie Weiss Jr., who I think is like 30. He's in his uh, mid to low 30s. He's a very, very young guy, very sharp guy. But yeah. man, it's, it's going to be fascinating to see what this old Miss offense looks like with uh, Ch- Charlie Weiss being the new offensive coordinator. Absolutely. Well, I mean, we're still going to have a, a heavy presence with Lane Kiffin. So yeah. I, I think you're you're not over. I, I don't think you're worried about who's brought in, but uh, does kind of surprise me that that Weiss, little Weiss would uh, consider this opportunity. But hey, if that's what they do, man, just promote a little little baby, little poor poor man's version <laughs> Alabama. You know, just bring them in, get them get them their next job. So I like it. I'm sure uh, I'm sure Ole Miss fans are happy with this hire as well. Yeah, without a doubt. Well, Shane, so we got some bowl games to preview, like I said. And I thought I'd introduce introduce this in a fun way because this was uh, announced on Wednesday. Wanted mm-hmm. to get your quick thoughts on it. But uh, I didn't even know this was an award, Shane. But, man, you'd be amazed the stuff I put out on Twitter and, and somehow it gets turned into a controversy. But the latest one here on Wednesday, the Steve Spurrier First Year Coach Award finalist. Now, I guess the confusion is some of these guys have been coaches for a long time, but the award is going to someone that is in his first year at his new school, not first year in the profession. But okay. here are the candidates, Shane. Shane Beamer, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Josh Heupel, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And old Gus Malzahn down there at Central Florida. But, oh. man, all three SEC-related. But the, the, yeah. two, the two I want to focus in on here, because obviously we're about to pick their bowl games, but Shane Bieber, Josh Heupel, I had no idea that uh, Gamecocks and Vols be going at each other and, and <laughs> ripping each other to shreds of my mentions here. But, uh, man, I know you're biased, but, uh, you know, strong case could be made for either one. But got to think if it, if it really is to Shane Bieber and Josh Heupel, I think you got to go Josh Heupel, don't you think? Well, of course, Mike, because I am biased, you know. <laughs> I mean, what did you think I was going to say? No, I, I think – don't get me wrong. Uh, the way Beamer finished his season, yeah. I, I wish we would have done better with the Clemson game. I think that one was like, uh, you know, we thought we were a little closer than we were. But what he's also doing in the offseason, man, you know, he's got some big-ticket players coming in, and uh, that's what you want to see from a first-year coach. So, I don't know. I, I'll go round and round with this one, but I, I just think right now the way Tennessee's – you know, team has just progressed throughout the season. I, I think I'm going to go with the volunteers and uh, Josh Hopple on this one. Yeah. And for me, Shane, it's more, it's mostly about that head to head. I know the game was in Knoxville, but mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't a matchup where, you know, we could complain about the officiating or, you know, some mm-hmm. bogus thing. It was really a blowout. And I know most, especially South Carolina fans are going to say, well, hell, Tennessee's got more to work with, but that was not necessarily the tune many were saying in the offseason. I mean, hey, our guy pick six previews, Brett Sianca, he had South Carolina over Tennessee. And, and now yeah. I do I call that out because he's he was one of the few. I'm not saying it was consensus or anything, but you know, let's not make us out to be uh Georgia versus South Carolina. I mean these were right. <laughs> these are two teams that were that were basically projected fairly even here in the offseason, yet uh, you know, as clear as day, Tennessee was the better team year one so that i give the slight edge to josh heupel even though shane beamer's done a hell of a job and <laughs> and it looks like year two is going to be even better with the uh the addition there of uh the transfers from oklahoma and let's not think this award is a little biased mike you know i the way i figured this thing played out and 
They came up to, to Coach Spurrier and said, hey, I got an idea. You know, we're going to give this to the first-year coach. He said, well, give it to that Hoppel guy over at UCF. He's doing well. Well, he's not there. He's in Tennessee now. Oh, okay. Well, who's in UCF? Oh, Gus Malzahn. Okay, put him on the list. Is Hoppel doing good? Well, put him on the list. And uh, I don't know, South Carolina. Let's uh, who they got to coach up there. <laughs> you know, I just that's how I imagine this Spurrier conversation went down. Uh, a lot of great coaches. Uh, I, I, I joke, man. I, I joke. Uh, I, I think South Carolina Tennessee fans are all they're all happy, man. I, I don't think they're exactly finishing the season the way they wanted to, mm-hmm. but I, I definitely think there was a part of the season they thought this thing could have been a lot worse than it is. So uh, I think both uh, deserve to be on this list. Well, speaking of finishing strong, Shane, let's do that right here because uh, we got us a bowl game to preview here, the Duke-Mayo Bowl. Mm -hmm. We got a a dumpage of some mayonnaise on the line. Both coaches, (laughs) Mac Brown and Shane Beamer, open to to getting dumped by the Mayo here in a game in uh, Charlotte, South Carolina versus North Carolina. Tar Heels favored by nine and a half points. The over-under 57 and a half total points in this ball game. Uh, this is going to be the first game here that kicks off here in the, on Thursday leading up to uh, the Music City Bowl. But North Carolina, South Carolina, Shane, who you got in the matchup? Oh, Mike, 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 Mike. You know, I've been pretty bad at betting here lately. You know what I'm saying? I get, <laughs> I'm getting biased. And I want to pick the SEC teams because I know they're better than all these other teams, but – Part of me wants to flip the script here, Mike, just so I could start winning some SEC games. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The right. thing that scares me about this is is North Carolina's passing attack. What else scares me about it is they got a pretty good running back. Seen him play before, you know? I don't know if he's opted out. Well, let me ask you, Mike, because I haven't done a lot of North Carolina research here because that's what I do, Mike. I just show up to the show here <laughs> unprepared. Uh, do we got any uh, – uh, I know you said to opt out with uh, with White, but is there anybody else opting out of this game that, that you can give me a heads up before I put some money on this thing? Yeah, South Carolina's best defensive lineman, J.J. Enigbare, he has oh. opted out. Uh, Zaquandre Wright, we already mentioned for South Carolina. I think um, off the top of my head, those are the big ones. And unfortunately for the Gamecocks, it's the flip side for, uh, for North Carolina because Sam Hell – their outstanding senior quarterback. A lot of people assumed he'd opt out because he may be first-round pick. Yeah. But, no, he's in it, man. He's in it to win it. Uh, we got Ty Chandler, the running back you were referencing. He's in it to play. So, yes, uh, North Carolina's trying to capitalize on on a down season, trying to finish strong here. So, you know, if you're just you're reading the tea leaves, you're going up by opt-outs, I, I think you got to give the edge to North Carolina in that category as well. Yeah, I just – Man, I'm trying to be positive, Mike. Here, I just told him the coach ain't the best, and now I'm and now I'm trying I'm trying my best to give South Carolina the nod here, but I just I don't see it. I, I think here's the problem, man. There's they're already on to their next chapter. Right. They got a, the quarterback that's going to be leading this programs, you know, on maybe on campus, but he's not in uniform. He will be next year, and and I think. I think that's the thing. It's a transition. You see this with New Year coaches. This this first year, man, South Carolina did everything they could to get them to this bowl season, and uh, it was successful. But I think here at the end, we're just going to have a hodgepodge of players out there. And I just – I don't see it, man. You got North Carolina getting all these studs coming back. Uh, they're going to they're gonna be attacked. They're going to try to get uh, Mac Brown another, another championship uh, on his 95th birthday. So I think that's important. <laughs> 
And uh, I just I don't like the odds here, so I'm going to have to go. I'm going to go over big time here, Mike. North mm-hmm. Carolina, thirty-five. South Carolina, seventeen. I'm sorry, sorry, Gamecocks. Hey, next year is your year, baby. <laughs> yeah, and oh man, I forgot even another one, Shane. Of, I, I think we hit on this at one point, but uh, Jason Brown, that the guy that was starting for quarterback for South Carolina, so he is left too. So. Jeez. You know, after adding Spencer Rattler, he decided to move yeah. on. But, man, you, you hate to see that for a number of reasons. I mean, I, I guess I get it on one aspect because, they, like mm-hmm. you said, they're basically turning the chapter on Jason Brown saying next year, you know, they're not they're not going to hand the job to Spencer Rattler, but, you know, they're bringing him in there to be the starting quarterback. I mean, that's there's, mm-hmm. there's no question about that. But, you know, this would have been an opportunity for Jason Brown on a national stage before he jumped in the portal say, to show everybody what he's got. Instead, he goes out, you know, and gets uh, blanked here against Clemson, and that's that's the last game he's got on tape. Like, yeah. that just it just doesn't make any sense. But hey, we got Zeb Nolan. He he's won us a game or two here this season for the Gamecocks. Maybe he can get it done. But, whew, man, I'm looking at this mm-hmm. uh, offensive efficiency shape for South South Carolina, 112th in the country. <laughs> that ain't good. But at least uh, North Carolina's 84th in defensive efficiency. So it's kind of Weakness on weakness here, and that, and that gives me confidence that South Carolina can generate something here, and and they really need to because hell, we even got the offensive coordinator here, Marcus Satterfield, coming out on the, on these calls and saying, well, everybody thinks I'm the worst in the country. Well, <laughs> there's a reason for it, buddy. You know, I'm not trying to yeah. call you out, but uh, we really need to see something from him in this game. This may be his last game as a coach here at South Carolina if they yeah. put up another terrible performance. And I think South Carolina shows up in this one a lot better than than on paper it looks like it's going to be. But I'm right there with you, Shane. With with everything South or excuse me, North Carolina's got coming, just can't pick against them to win this game. But I do like South Carolina to cover, so I'm going North Carolina 31, South Carolina 24. I think it's a good ball game just because that natural. There's a lot of guys on, on both of these sides from from the opposing states, so. Yeah, this is somewhat of a rivalry matchup. I, I think South Carolina is going to you know, come close, but just come up short in the end. Yeah, it's a shame it's not a night game. You know, that would have been a little advantage against Mac, you know. Hey, fun fact. <laughs> did you know Duke, Mayonnaise, and Mac were all born the same year, 1917? I mean, that's, that's a fun fact you're going to hear throughout. Now, <laughs> hey, hey, spin zone here, Mike. This is the changing of the guard. You know, the, the OC mm. has been against the ropes. Yep. Uh, Coach Beamer has – I mean, he's had his ups and downs, but mm-hmm. I, I think this is this is time just to cut loose and have fun, man. I I, I think for too long they've, they've been afraid to get blown out or they've been afraid to lose like that Clemson game. They just went out there scared. Mm-hmm. You can't do that against North Carolina. I think they've had a full month to get ready for this thing and – Come out guns a blazing, have some fun. Let Van cut them loose, man. That's that's what I want to see. You know, we joke about this Beamer ball, but that's what we want to see, man. We want to see an ag- that's what South Carolina wants is an aggressive offense. You see, you see some of these other coaches doing it, and it's time for us to do it. So, yeah, I, I think uh, spin zone here. Obviously, I've got North Carolina winning this game, but you know, part of me says I don't know. What if what if South Carolina is the one that comes out ready to play? So. Right. I don't know. That's that's the best part. We just get to kind of get a glimpse, a little snapshot of what South Carolina is going to look like next year. Yeah, and if nothing else, I mean, it seems like all the underdogs are winning this bowl season. So, yeah, hey, that's that, true. That's it's... in your favor, too, there, Gamecocks. Hey, and I picked North Carolina. You're welcome. 
<laughs> I'm 0-4, you know. Yeah, Shane, 2 for you. But just if Zeb or Colton aren't able to play tomorrow, who is your third-string quarterback? And what do you want to see from Zeb? And slash what has Zeb kind of meant to this program this year, coming in and doing what he's done? Yeah, Zeb's been just, uh, you know, steady. And uh, when he was playing, you know, obviously, you know, he led us to two wins at the beginning of the season. And, and a great win against Vanderbilt at the end. And, and then, you know, people forget when he got hurt against Georgia, he had taken us right down the field on the first drive and we were going in to score when he got injured. Um, you know, so he's, and then when he wasn't playing, he's just been a great leader and resource for Luke or Jason or, you know, any of those guys. And, uh, um, and so certainly thankful that he's a part of our program as a player this year and is gonna be a great coach uh, going forward as well. And then, you know, beyond uh, beyond Zeb and, and Colton, you know, those are obviously our, our top two quarterbacks. And, you know, beyond that, let's hope it, uh, let's hope we don't get to a, a third. Um, and secondly, your thoughts on the, uh, the whole Mayo bath, uh, which has been, uh... you know, as far as the Mayo bath, I hope I get to experience it, you know, um, not that I'm dying to have mayonnaise dumped on me, but it means we won the football. If it means we won the football game, then, then I'm all for it. Uh, um, you know, I did find out that it wasn't just going to be like nat- naturally happen on the field. It was going to be more like an organized dumping uh, at the end of the game, which makes you a little bit more uh, nervous about it just because of the anticipation that you know exactly what's coming and, and when it's coming as well. But it would be a good problem that I'd love to experience. All right, Shane, how about the Music City Bowl? I'll be there in person with the flying Hawaiian. Shane would have been had not he's been locked down in quarantine over yeah. here. But then Vols, Shane, favored by six points over Purdue, over under 64 and a half total points. Uh, in the game's here in Nashville. Josh Heupel mm-hmm. announced Cade Mays is out for the Music City Bowl. He's been uh, injured. You know, he missed uh, the Vanderbilt game, too, it, you hate for a, a senior to go out that way, not being able to he, – he tried to give it a go. But uh, aside from Cade Mays, we know Alante Taylor also not going to be participating for Tennessee. But, you mm-hmm. know, while those are big – those are leaders, those are key players for the Vols, it's uh, – man, it's it's some heavy hitters for Purdue. They had two All-Americans, their, their number one receiver, their best pass rusher, they're opted out. Their number mm-hmm. two receiver not playing in the game due to academics. Uh, I believe they have – two other uh, defensive players not participating in this football game that are key players. So a lot to like about them balls in this game, Shane. <laughs> so who you got in the matchup, Tennessee, Purdue in the Music City Bowl. I don't think I should have mixed these uh, meds and cores lot together. <laughs> Get a little loopy over here, man. I'm just rambling. Feels like it's midnight. Mm. Mm. Ah, but it tastes too good. Okay. All right, where are we at? Uh, Tennessee, Purdue. All right, you ready? Mike, if anybody can get the SEC back on track, it is my Tennessee Volunteers. <laughs> I, I, there's something about this game, Mike. I, I've always worried about Tennessee in bowl games, especially ones they don't really care about. This is one that they do. And we've got, like you said, you, you're seeing kind of an opposite trend here in Knoxville. A lot of opt-ins. A lot right. of people having the opportunity to leave, and they're not. And then you got Purdue, some of their best players opting out. It's in Nashville. It might as well be a damn home game. So, um, yeah, I think this one gets loud and rowdy, and I think we're up 28 points by half. So, 
Give me Tennessee. I, I, I still think it's going to be a fun, exciting game because don't, don't get me wrong, Purdue can move the ball. Purdue can – I mean, they can score just as easy as Tennessee can. It's just uh, – I, I just think Hopple and the offense, I just – I don't know. It's 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 show-off time right now. I mean, there's still a lot of kids. They're trying to get in the portals. A lot of recruits, they're still trying to get on campus. You do that when you can showcase what your team's going to be uh, like next year. So, give me Tennessee Volunteers big on here, Mike. 51, Purdue, 38. Mm. High-scoring game. Yeah, it's going to be like one of those – you know those all-star basketball games when they get up like 140 points? That's what I feel like, man. I think everybody's going to just turn the defense off and let these boys play. So, I, I expect a lot of offense in this one. Mm. Well, Shane, you know, this is something that we've not really had the opportunity to uh, talk about just yet. You know, I'll make my picks here in a second. But, you know, what this is starting to remind me of here, Shane, with Josh Heupel in Tennessee. You mentioned all the opt-ins. Of course, Hendon Hooker, um, mm-hmm. Cedric Tillman, their number one receiver. He just mm-hmm. announced Solomon Page, a receiver, uh, Warren, the tight end. I believe they've had several others, uh, Jerome Carvin. You know, we're talking six, seven, eight guys, So, and that's just so far, have made right. the decision to come back. Many of these super seniors that uh, could have moved on from the Tennessee Vols. And you know what it reminds me of, Shane? Two Mm-mm. key SEC teams this year that – exceeded expectations two of the better teams in the league the Ole Miss Rebels the Arkansas Razorbacks and you know the blueprint is there Shane both those programs led by uh, Lane Kiffin and Sam Pittman of course they were in their first year they had to win over a a new team and Mm -hmm. that's what Josh Heupel has done here Shane in Knoxville he's done it in a hurry he's got these guys believing and man so much momentum here on Rocky Top and I, I really think that, uh, you know, as long as they put in the work this offseason, we're going to see the similar thing next season for, for Tennessee. With, when it, mm-hmm. Like we saw, hell, Ole Miss in the Sugar Bowl right now. Arkansas's in a New Year's Day Bowl. I mean, that is what you're shooting for if you're Tennessee next season. Hell, we saw it. I don't know if you saw this, Shane, but uh, Josh Heupel, when he found out uh, Hendon Hooker was coming back, he said, let's go, let's go to Atlanta. Like, that's the goal now. Yeah, and, and it's got to start with the belief. I mean, I know Tennessee's a million miles away from winning the SEC championship as far as right now, but this is where it begins, and right. it's got to continue on into the Music City Bowl against a Purdue Purdue team missing several key players. And this is something we've hit on all off season, Shane. Normally, Tennessee and expectations don't mix well, brother. And <laughs> it's like you're saying, anytime Tennessee's expected to win a bowl game, you know everyone's predicting them to do it. That's when they come out flat. But this, mm-hmm. this is a new era, Shane, and it has been since Josh Heupel got there. They're supposed to win big. They're going to win big here, Shane. Get the hell out of here with this Purdue. I'm not going quite as crazy <laughs> as you. I'm going Tennessee 38, Purdue 24. Vols get the win. Vols get the cover in what's expected to be a sellout crowd here. Music City Bowl. Got to believe there's going to be more Tennessee fans than Purdue given that uh, it's, the game's in the mid-state area here. So, yeah, this should be a, a huge, huge win for Josh Heupel and company heading into the offseason. Mike, can you do me a favor when you get there? Can you – in my seat, can you lay down a Coors Light and when we win that game, will you drink it for me? <laughs> you know, just in my honor. I wish I could be there, but I can't. Still going to be in lockdown to the first, so – at least I don't know. I don't know how long, but that's a promise, anyway. buddy. Hey, hey I'll, I'll knock down two for you. How's that? 
All right, appreciate that, man. Yeah, I just I was hoping to get man see the last game of the year. You know, it sucks. COVID got me, but uh, but I think Tennessee gets this one, brother. I think they get the SEC back on track. Yeah, without a doubt. The administration made the decision a while back to allow Tennessee to play in the bowl game. Looking back on that, how much do you appreciate that, considering that you're in Nashville right now? Yeah, I appreciate that from uh, our administration. They're going to uh, support and give our our players every tool, every resource, but also just support them in, in their mission and make sure that we have a great player experience in every facet of, of our program. And, and uh, you know, I said when I took the job, all those things that happened before I got there really felt like we're going to be a speed bump. Uh, that's been proven to, to really kind of play out. And, and the kids inside of our program have bought into the culture, bought into to competing every single day. And that's why we're, we're here and have this opportunity to play inside this bowl game. Josh, why, why is this offensive system, why does this work for you? Why, why did you pick this kind of system to, to, you know, to, to coach and to, to, to utilize? Yeah, at the end of the day, uh, it's an exciting brand of uh, football. Uh, I think uh, young people, young players, uh, playmakers, and, and big, big skill want to be a part of it. Uh, at the end of the day, offensively, you're trying to find ways to put your kids in a position to be successful. Uh, our tempo is, is a portion of, of how we try to apply pressure to defense and, and dictate the flow of the football game. Well, hey, Shane, we got two playoff games to, to break down. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I'm going to be at the game, I'm going to be out drinking late. I'm not going to be able to <laughs> hop on the show and, and pod up here on uh, Thursday evening. So we're going to do these playoff games now, Shane. And we okay. Got, we got to start with the first one, Shane, in the Cotton Bowl. Alabama versus Cincinnati. Crimson Tide favored by 13 and a half points. The over-unders, 57 and a half. And, uh, you know, of course, everybody's expecting Alabama to roll. How do you got it, Shane? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, rolling? <laughs> I've been saying it this whole time. How bad? How many times I got to put Cincinnati down? You know, this is an opportunity. I can actually put some money on it. It just kind of blows my mind. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is a little scary that the point spread hasn't changed much, you know, because Vegas is usually pretty tight on these things. But – I don't know. I, I think we're buying in a little too much of that undefeated hop here coming out of the, the Cincinnati. So, I mean, I, I understand. I've watched the games, Mike, and when you struggle against some of the opponents that they've gone against, Alabama doesn't. Uh, you know, they lost one game this year. It was Texas A&M. Auburn gave them a hell of a game. But other than that, man, it's been pretty much – I mean, even Georgia. they they the number one team in the country, and un, everybody – crowned them you know right. they came out and they beat them i just don't see alabama slowing down nick saban's gonna have these boys i know COVID tried to get them but um <laughs> alabama is just too dominant not even close here this game is a blowout by halftime brother give me alabama 42 cincinnati 14 Ooh. get the hell out of here <laughs> get, <laughs> put your money on bama come on i've never been i haven't been this confident in a game since that uh, Missouri Army game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that one didn't turn out my way, but I'm just saying, I just, I, I'm, I'm looking at the spread and it blows my mind I, because I've seen the team. It's not like since, I mean, yes, they beat Notre Dame early, you know what I'm saying? But right. I think there's a lot of teams that could beat Notre Dame. There's a reason Brian Kelly got the hell out of there. Well, you know, I, I wonder at all, Shane, if, uh, you know, last time we picked an Alabama football game, we both picked against the Crimson Tide. Despite, yeah. you know, that team having their back against the wall, everybody and their mother was picking Georgia to win that game. Mm-hmm. Now, 
now the the script is flipped, so to speak. You know, where everybody's got mm-hmm. Alabama, nobody's giving Cincinnati a shot. Yep. Uh, he is. <laughs> <laughs> Cincinnati's got uh, you know a prolific quarterback that's a, that's a dual threat. He can run, he can throw. Those are the quarterbacks. Those are the quarterbacks, Shane, that always give Alabama the most trouble. Those those dual threats. Could that be same case here? Luke Fickle, we always hear what a great coach he is. He's turning down this job. He's turning down that job. You know, I, probably Notre Dame, I think, tried to get him there. Couldn't get him pried away from Cincinnati. Cincinnati, Shane, they, they actually have two All-Americans in their defensive backfield, including Ahmad Garner, who he has allowed only eight completions, Shane, all season long. Mm-hmm. You got to think he's going to be matched up one-on-one with Jamison Williams the entire game. When Jamison Williams was not there for the Iron Bowl, hell, Alabama's offense was not much to uh, not much to look at there until the till the very <laughs> right. end of the game. And don't forget this, Shane. Cincinnati's got a running back by the name Jerome Ford, who was recruited and signed by Alabama. He transferred to Cincinnati, mm-hmm. got over twelve hundred rushing yards on the season for the Bearcats this season. A lot to like about Cincinnati. In the underdog role, that's where they that's where they thrive. That's where they live, Shane. Mm-hmm. They ain't living much longer, brother, because <laughs> Bryce Young, Will Anderson. Oh, give me a break. Let's say even James Williams does get locked down, which, come on, mm-hmm. give me a break. He, this Garner, he may be great, but you slip up one play, you slip up two plays, that's two touchdowns for Alabama. You got right. you got to get on Jameson Williams every single snap of the game, and, and I've yet to see it. I mean, they'll, they'll, right. I, I referenced the Iron Bowl. The only reason we didn't see it is because he got targeted he got booted from the game. So, hell, maybe Cincinnati's just going to be diving helmet first into that guy to, to get a, maybe get a booted from the game. But, <laughs> you know, joking aside, the, the mismatch of the game here, Shay, is going to be the Alabama's front seven on Cincinnati's offensive line. They're, they're just going to get decimated. And it's probably going to be the reverse. Yeah. I, know, I know Alabama's offensive line. There's, you know, haters out there who saying, you know, they're, they have struggled in the SEC. That's fair. But Cincinnati ain't got no SEC lineman last time I checked, Shane. So this is going to be an easy cruise control game. I think this is one where Alabama's playing the backups here by yeah. the second half. So I got Alabama big. And I still got them winning the spread. I'm going Alabama 45, Cincinnati. I think they're going to score a late touchdown or two. So I'm giving them 20 points. They'll make it look 25-point beatdown respectable. <laughs> oh, man, I can't wait for this one. This is going to be a fun weekend, man. I, I absolute fun weekend. And, and I just think that college football playoffs going to get kicked off in the right way. And just, I mean, it's going to be a national – it's, it's everywhere. It's going to be on the news. SEC is the most dominating conference, and, and, and that's going to be the theme coming in here because SEC teams have been getting beat here in these bowl games, but now we're getting to some of these that really matter. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not I'm not trying to discredit some of those other ones, but we've, we've already went through that. I just – these two teams, Alabama, Georgia, these two teams are coming into these college football playoffs. They will be ready. They will be prepared. And they're coming out guns and blazing because they're preparing for the final week. And uh, I just think it's going to be pure domination with this program. Uh, Alabama is is hitting on all cylinders. If they look anything remotely similar to the SEC championship game, uh, like I said, this thing's over at half. Yeah, without a doubt, Shane. And we got one more. The night game, this should be the better game. 
at least should be on mm-hmm. paper. Georgia favored by seven and a half over Michigan in the Orange Bowl. The over under 45 and a half points, Shane. And then uh, before we make our picks, let's mm-hmm. kick it over here real quick to, to Kirby Smart, Todd Bunkin, who kind of shared insight into you know the big question there everybody's got with the Bulldogs. JT Daniels, Stetson Bennett, what's going on behind the scenes and why Georgia is sticking with Stetson Bennett. Uh, yeah, Kirby, the, when the quarterbacks come up, you likened it to other positions as far as the competitions. and But, but is it different when it comes to making a substitution at that position just because of the, the gravity, that, as you mentioned, the rhythm? Are coaches maybe more reluctant to make a change there than they would at safety or, or right guard because of that? team rhythm or the styles of the quarterbacks? I think it's hard to say. I think it's all based on situation in the game, uh, the things you discussed prior to, uh, what's going on in the game, how has practice gone during the week and pre- previous weeks. Um, it's certainly something that um, we talk about as a staff. Um, but, yeah, it's different than other positions when it comes to uh, making that decision for your whole team. And uh, certainly that guy is the is the face and the leader of the team and gets the most reps. But it's something that the offensive staff and, and ourselves, we talk about a lot. But um, I'll be honest with you, I've been really confident in Stetson, confident in Stetson now, I'm confident in JT. And I thought Coach Munkin did a great job addressing some of that yesterday. And we've got confidence in all our quarterbacks. Is there a plan for how much JT plays? Um, and again, in terms of quarterback, you know, Stetson's our starting quarterback. So, um, again, the JT situation will be a matter of, you know, is the situation right? And also, is he healthy enough? The reason Stetson Bennett plays is we think he gives us the best chance to win. Uh, without getting into too much detail, um, we think he gives us the best chance to win. And, and that's that's really the end of that question. Um don't worry, Todd. Uh, I'll uh, press more on quarterback. So, look, JT is the starter in when the season starts. Uh, he, he plays well. When he gets hurt twice, Stetson then becomes basically at this point the permanent starter, even though JT apparently is, is healthy. I, I think the question a lot of fans have, a lot of people like me also have, is basically what changed. I mean, you guys did know what Stetson brought to the table and you knew what JT brought to the table. So what, what did change to make Stetson the starter? Well, <clears throat> probably not a lot in terms of our confidence of both players. I think that's probably the best way to put it. You know, I think Stetson at times I'm talking about me have probably undervalued his skill set. Um, you know, we've tried to to elevate guys that have talent <clears throat> on our roster, and we do that at every position. And some guys just combat uh, combat that and fight and scratch and continue to play well and try to prove you wrong. And that's what Stetson Bennett did. And it wasn't really anything JT did. It was more along the lines of what Stetson did that we thought gave us the best chance to win. His ability, his mobility. His ability, those things in the run game and in the pass game when things break down, uh, we believe give us the best chance to win. It's really nothing that JT did. And it just happened where Stetson got an opportunity, took advantage of that opportunity. We continued to win. Um, it never really ended up flipping the other way. I can't say that because they're they're really talented players. Carson Beck's a talented player. Brock Vandergris a talented player. Sometimes opportunity leads to, you know, 
things that end up going in your direction is a, I don't know if I said that exactly right, but it just, it never went back the other way where JT got a chance to get in there. And uh, so it's just the way it is, you know, and, and we believe that he gives us the best chance to win in, in a couple of those things of what I've said. All right, Chase. So, hey, Kirby and, and Todd Munkin, the offense coordinator, they got all the faith in the world. <laughs> and old Stetson Bennett, my question to you, do you, Shane, who you got in the matchup, <laughs> Georgia versus Michigan in the Orange Bowl? Oh, Mike. I, I, this one's tough, but I, I think you got to stick with Bennett. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I here I, I've been praising JT, just trying something different. And I think maybe you roll something like that out next week, but you cannot, this isn't Cincinnati brother. Okay. Michigan's yeah. a good program. Michigan has, as especially here of late, they just find ways to get things done. And I know it's tough to compare these two conferences, but I really like what Harbaugh's been doing here at the at the tail end of this season, and it's almost similar to Georgia, you know, aggressive, strong defense with a with a running attack, you know. Right. So I, I think we've got two mirrored programs here. the The good news is we're we've got more talent. That's why I still like Georgia Bulldogs because I think on both sides of the line of scrimmage that that we can really lean into these guys and just do what Georgia has done all throughout the season. It will work against Michigan. It won't work against teams like Alabama. So I think that, that the time to, 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 you know, show all your cards is not this week. I think you go in with what's been working all season long, and uh, that's Stetson. That's yep. this running game. That's this defense. I like Georgia. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. Obviously, Vegas does too, but I think Georgia wins it by two touchdowns. Give me Georgia 28, Michigan 14. Yeah, here's the deal, Shane. I'm going to lay this out pretty simply here. Alabama had the pieces to Mm -hmm. take advantage of Georgia's weaknesses, which helped. Yeah. We didn't even know they had (laughs) until the SEC championship game. But Michigan just does not have this dynamic – quarterback like a Bryce Young who just won the Heisman. No. They don't have a Jamison Williams. They're going to, like you said, they're going to try to pound the ball. They're going to go ground heavy, and that is exactly playing into the Georgia Bulldogs' hands. Right. And so I think this is a nightmare matchup for Michigan. I mean, hell, they probably would, would rather have played Alabama, as crazy as that sounds, than the Georgia Bulldogs. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, we just had Stephen Lazen on the show last week to preview this matchup, and he, and he made an interesting point. When he also said he'd stick with Stetson Bennett, you know, you kind of reference there. This is a Michigan team that's going to come after you. They got their pass rusher was a runner-up for the Heisman. I mean, yeah. can you really have a statuesque type quarterback, you know, that's not been playing against that defense? That would be a mistake. So, hey, I've been all over the map with Stetson Bennett. I'm not saying he's better than JT Daniels, but it makes all the sense in the world, particularly given the fact that old JT sounds like he was down there at Applebee's with Cousin Shane. And he was now he he was had the COVID as well that has been largely reported. So he you know he's he's probably missed a significant amount of uh, practice time here. Just wouldn't have made a ton of sense to to route to you know have J T Daniels in the starting in the in this matchup with it with so much right. on the line. So yeah, I'm right there with you. Now speaking of uh, Michigan's quarterback Shane, his name's Cade McNara. I'm gonna throw up his stats here. The last couple of games, check this out, Shane. This is just his last couple games. I'm not even cherry-picking, like, terrible games. These are just his last five. 
Indiana, mm-hmm. 168 passing yards. Penn State, mm. 217. My, Mighty Maryland, 259. Oh, that was his mm. high point. Ohio State, 159 passing yards, no touchdown interception. Iowa, 169 passing, one touchdown, mm. one interception. This is a guy that's going to beat them Georgia Bulldogs in this defense? Hell no. <laughs> I think Georgia, after that horrible, disappointing performance in the SEC championship game, I think they got a chip on their shoulder, Shane. I think they're going to come yeah. out of here and, and want to prove a mess, prove something that uh, they are the most dominant deep. Hell, Shane, a couple weeks ago, we were saying it's the best defense of all time. That's right. the defense that shows up here in the college football playoff. Georgia, 27, Michigan, zero goose egg the Mm. michigan wolverines and i think it's going to set up an epic showdown here between alabama and georgia in the national championship and i can't wait for it absolutely man but i i the storyline shouldn't be jt i still think you got to get some more weapons involved not just the running game not just bowers you know, we got another – hopefully Pickens is healthy now. Right. You know, he, he comes in and, and, and get he can bring a little bit more spark to this offense because, you know, if the mailman's got some more weapons to distribute among, you know, this that's the problem they had with Alabama. They just got too bottlenecked there and one-dimensional it felt like at times. So, um, I'm not saying the mailman's the answer all the way through, but – I think this week, I think you hit the nail on the head. This isn't going to come down to a high score and offensive game. It's going to come down to defense, fundamentals, and running, and that's just what Georgia is so damn good at. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I like Georgia. I, I think this one's – I don't think it's over at half <laughs> like the Alabama <laughs> game, but I, I think – I let me ask you, should the should the rope be smaller for, for Stetson here? I mean – is there is there some sort of scenario playing in your mind where maybe JT comes in for a couple series, maybe in the third quarter or something like that, you know, just to see how he is, see if he is even game ready, you know, just to even put the tape out there to give something for Nick Saban to, to add in practice. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's right. chess, not checkers. So I, I, do, you, do you see something like that uh, just to, to keep Alabama on their toes? Yeah, it's interesting that you asked that, Shane, because Kirby was asked something like that here on Wednesday, and he, you know, he wouldn't really answer the question, kept it vague. But I think he almost have to, and yeah. you know, we're saying stick with Stetson, be largely in part of the matchup. But if Georgia wins, if Alabama wins, like we anticipate they will, man, we are setting up a, you know, again, Georgia, they can't let Alabama score forty points on them once again, but it's going to be tough to limit them to under 30, I would imagine, you know? So, yeah. I mean, it may be, I don't want to call it a shootout because I don't know if that's the proper term, but it might be the first team to 35 wins a national championship. And hell, we've seen Stetson twice against Alabama and he has not been able right. to get anywhere close to that. So you may need JT Daniels in that championship. So, right. Hey, maybe that's just the benefit of having two quarterbacks, brother, where, you know, <laughs> you, you, you you part you pick one based on the matchup, and I think given yeah. that we've seen we've seen it twice. I know it was two different seasons, so maybe that's not fair, but we certainly have seen it once this year: Georgia versus Alabama, and and Stetson just he's just not on the same level as Bryce Young when it comes to to overall talent. Where JT Daniels may be your answer there. So yeah, right. I think I get JT Daniels as many reps as I can in this football game, and and try to get him ready to go. And and maybe he's your answer to get Georgia finally 
winning that elusive national championship here in a couple weeks. Heck yeah. I'm ready, baby. <laughs> yeah, I'm I mean, ready. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm fired up for these college football playoff matchups. I'm fired up for Tennessee, South Carolina, bowl games as well. It's time to get this SEC tuned up right. Let's go 4-0 this weekend, heading into yes, uh, Saturday, New Year's Eve, or New Year's Day, excuse me. Man, we got more games to preview on that day as well. So uh, I think it's a great place to cut it, Shane. Cannot wait. Got, I'm ready to drink some beers. I'm going to be drinking them for you in that <laughs> stadium. But uh, anything else before we hop off the line? Yeah, well, I mean, it's Happy New Year's, guys. Uh, we, we're not going to see it till 2022. And, mm-hmm. you know, some of us are like like myself are just glad 21 is done, man. It's been real. I thought 20 sucked, but damn, 21, COVID twice in one year. I, I, I'm about to get some scratch-offs, Mike, because I'm, I'm due, baby. <laughs> you know, so – but uh, no, I just I, I'm ready for a new year. Um, you know this this podcast is it continues to grow, um, and it, and it, it continues to grow because of listeners, Mike. It, it, it continues yep. to grow because of the work you put into this. Um, you know, I, I just it's been a fantastic year. We're gonna have a recap show uh, for sure at the end of the season. We're gonna kind of. I guess be our New Year's thing. We wanted to sit fireside chat and just talk about college football and things we mm-hmm. saw this year, things we're excited about going into 2022. Uh, so we'll, we'll spend some more time on that. But right now we just want to get through these playoffs and bowl games. And uh, I just wanted to wish everybody a happy New Year's and uh, just be safe out there, guys and girls. Yeah, absolutely. Enjoy it. Enjoy all this great football. But, hey, key thing Shane said there, be safe. And uh, we'll catch mm-hmm. you in the new year. It's going to be the best year ever of the podcast. So we'll catch you on the next one. Enjoy these football games. All right. You nailed it, Mike. Maybe, <laughs> maybe 20, 2022 we work on closing shows. <laughs> Just kidding. See you guys. Go balls. <laughs>